Ladies and gentlemen, Crystal Clear Industries, in association with Rhinestone Radio Podcasts, is proud to present Old Hollywood Realness. Brought to you in vibrant podcastoscope for your listening pleasure. Join your hosts Kathleen Null and Philip Estrada as they recap Hollywood's dazzling darlings one film at a time. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. <laughs> Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Philip. How are you? I'm actually doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. It's a lovely day. It is not raining or cloudy right now, so mm-hmm. I am lovely. How about you? Well, I had onions for lunch. I had garlic dressing for dinner. <laughs> but he'll never know because I say kissing sweet the new dazzle dent way. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, welcome back, y'all. Welcome back. <laughs> um, this is Old Hollywood Realness, the podcast that celebrates all the glitz and the glamour from Tinseltown's golden era. I'm Philip Estrada. <laughs> I'm Kathleen Nall. And we are talking about a movie today. Yeah, we're going there. We're going there. Um, yeah, so last week we talked about Jean Harlow, who was um, Marilyn Monroe's basically prototype inspiration um, as mm-hmm. a young girl. So since it's still her birthday month, um, we're taking we're tackling a big Marilyn movie. Yep. That's right. Which movie are we talking about, Kathleen? Uh, we talk about The Seven Year Itch, yes, uh, right. another uh, a pretty much iconic movie that really, um, much like the movie we did last week, really launched a person as a brand, as this platinum blonde that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that changed our lives forever. Pretty much. So this is uh, The Seven Year Itch. It's from 1955. It's from 20th Century Fox. Um, mm-hmm. This is, I mean, talk about iconic. This movie is one of the of the pantheon of Maryland films. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, for, let's just go, I'm going to run through some of uh, the, the, the uh, what's that word I'm looking for? The people in the, the film? The cast. The, stats, yeah. the cast, if you will. Okay. So Marilyn Monroe plays the girl. Tom Ewell plays Richard Sherman. <laughs> Evelyn Keyes plays his wife, Helen Sherman. Sonny Tufts plays Tom McKenzie. Um, Robert Strauss plays Mr. Kruhulik, who is like the um, the super. Um, Oscar Homolka plays Dr. Brubaker. Marguerite Chapman plays Miss Morris, uh, Richard Sherman's uh, secretary. It's mm-hmm. early in the morning, you guys. <laughs> I'm working on my, oh, yeah. I'm working uh, on my second oh. cup of cold brew, so it probably kick in halfway through, but <laughs> bear with me. Currently, Philip can see in the dark, <laughs> yes. but he's just kind of laboring through some words. <laughs> yeah, my, my brain's running a mile a minute. My mouth, not so much. Um, okay, so, uh, and then, let's see. Uh, and then Carolyn Jones makes a um, cameo um, as Miss Finch, the nurse. Um, and c- just a side note, Carolyn, uh, Carolyn Jones is most famous for playing the TV's version of Morticia Adams. So that's right. Yes. And she <laughs> has a very quick, um, scene and it's hilarious and I loved it. Um, the director <laughs> of this film, um, is Billy Wilder, the right. He was also the writer of the screenplay and, um, along with George Axelrod. Um, the costumes for this movie are by one Mr. Trevia. Okay. Oh, God. I want maybe my... you heard of him. Maybe. 
I want one of those glamorous, like single names, you know, like 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 Trevia and Adrian. You do. Like I want like it's Estrada. Estrada. <laughs> Please, it sounds amazing. Basically, I want to be more of a concept than a person. <laughs> yeah. Is that too much to ask in my life? Well, it's so funny you mentioned. I mean, it, we're, here we are discussing the Seven Year Itch with Marilyn Monroe, and I feel like this movie really solidified her as more of a concept than a person. <laughs> it's not not that she hadn't done like sort of like she did Gentlemen Before Blondes and How to Marry a Millionaire before this, mm-hmm. but this really was like this really did solidify. I hate to say it, but like the dumb blonde or this the the, the thing the thing the it yeah. that she was it really um, was and, it's, uh, I feel like this movie really kind of like boiled it mm-hmm. down to almost a caricature of who she was or who yeah. she could be in a way I guess is how to put it you know she just there's not much there wasn't like a lot of depth to this role but anyhow. no uh, unfortunately she's had this is not the first role that she's had that didn't have quite a lot of depth in it um, but you know I, I I'm sorry but yeah. it's true I mean, yeah. I love I love a lot of her movies, but you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking at you. Some like it hot. You were gorgeous, but like, what did you do? You were a thing, you yeah. know. Like, some so. like it hot was good. That was some like it hot was pretty. It's good I thought and it's she, funny. I love but... it. It's funny, and I feel like there's, I don't know. I, it's just there. This one, this movie. Okay, first of all, what is your history with this film? Um, let's see. My history with this film is I. I probably did not believe it or not. I probably didn't see this movie until I was in my twenties. Oh. Um, it is not in my like uh, sort of like I have a small handful of movies of like Maryland movies that I've seen since I was a kid, and this, believe it or not, was not one of them. Or I may have seen it once or twice, but it never really like engaged me because mm-hmm. it is a very adult movie. Like I watch it now, and I get a lot of things in it, but I don't think this is something that I would have particularly watched as a kid because it was not. It didn't have singing and dancing, and you know, like it, it was. It wasn't Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. It you know what I mean? Jane so Russell, it's, it's so, so different I mean. from that. <laughs> it didn't have Jane Russell being you know lifted up by an, by an army of beautiful gay men. Just <laughs> like it didn't have any of that. So um, it's no and. and and actually, like, it's interesting because people make such a big deal about, you know, because of, like, the publicity stunt and, and, you know, they make such a big deal about her and being the girl. But the girl is just part of the whole story. It's really the man's story <laughs> of how, you know, of, of uh, as as Mike would say, <laughs> he's a scumbag. <laughs> but, uh, but, like, it's, try- it's him trying not to be a scumbag. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so anyway, I, I don't have... Um, I, I wanted to say, I think I have more um, association with like this movie with, with, and then the white dress and don't, Oh God, don't be too judgy of me, but more with Anna Nicole Smith. And when she did this in like the nineties and stuff, because that was really when I, I mean, I remember as a teenager, that was when she became really, really big. Like she was like a centerfold, I think in like 92 and I was like 14, 15 around this time. And so I just, and she was from Texas. So like she was to me, like she was like the new Marilyn. Mm. And I just remember they, and I recently looked up pictures of this, like her dress is not as good as the Trevia dress, but I mean, (laughs) she's like, but she's like all boobs and just, you know, tan and her hair she's just she's like a 3d you know extra extra large you know big version of of Marilyn in this movie but um but when I I do remember when I first saw the movie I thinking wow that dress really is it's beautiful it's not as sexy as I thought it was 
you know, like when you see like pictures of her in this dress, you're like, oh, here, there's her panties and it's blah. And you, and then when I, I remember, you know, of course, of my memory of like Anna Nicole Smith wearing it, I, I remember, I thought there was like more cleavage involved. Yeah. There really isn't. Mm-hmm. It's actually a fairly chaste, beautifully made, beautiful little halter dress. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just interesting. It's interesting. The myth versus the reality. Right. Of this. Yeah. But, Anyway, but what's what's your experience with this movie? My experience with this movie is, um, uh, I think we were talking about this before, where um, my stepmom had purchased like a collection of movies. She had mm. bought like a Rodgers and Hammerstein kind of like time life thing, and she also did like a Maryland time life collection or something. Yeah. And this was part of it, like this General for Blondes, How to Marry a Millionaire, and like a River of No Return or something. Oh like that. Yes. yes, and of course, like I didn't connect too much with River of No Return, and this one was didn't sort of like this one was sort of like number three for me because I mean mm-hmm. General for Blondes. I mean, I literally I, could. I, I could, know that's one of those movies where yeah. it's like I could like mouth the words along with that entire movie because yes. I've seen it a yeah. billion times and I will watch it a exactly. billion more times before I die. Uh, please. And yeah. How to Marry a Millionaire <laughs> is like one of the of most course. perfect films on I mean that movie is just perfect. Those are my top two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this one sort of like I would I, I saw like off and on and I just thought it was you know I did think it was charming at the time and I still think it's a really charming film just I think what through today's lens it's a little bit mm. um yeah it's a little bit like if you rewatch it I would encourage everybody to rewatch this movie and just you yeah. know it's just yeah. it, you know this this current situation not situation but this current you know climate that we have of like you know how women are being treated and those sort of things this movie doesn't fare as well but I think that <laughs> if you think about it as night you know think about it through 1955 it's like put yourself in that place put do like you know, without making excuses for it, it is yeah. sort of, it is good. And I, th- it is really good. And I think that the, the storyline of it is actually kind of is a little bit more redeeming than other stories. Like it's like, he is, mm-hmm. he is a, yes. Um, Sherman is a scumbag, but he's, he's, <laughs> well, tr- he's trying to he, yeah, but he's trying to do the right thing throughout the whole yeah. thing. Like he gets a little caught up into it and swept up into it, but he's doing his best to try and like be, true to his marriage which honestly there wasn't a huge amount of um there wasn't a huge amount of uh you know that just wasn't the thing. Like people just didn't no. care about their marriages back yeah. then. Honestly, it was they almost were extremely like, repressed. There wasn't a pre- <laughs> there wasn't yeah. a premium placed on male on male virtue in that Mm-mm. in the fifties. It was sort of just like, well, boys will be boys, or like you know, it's yep. just like we don't talk about that sort of thing. You know, you think about the whole like Jackie Onassis Cam- Camelot thing, where it was just like, ask, don't ask, don't tell, and that was just sort right. of like the nineteen fifties thing. You know, it's just like you in the women who did get upset about their husband cheating on them, and then and then up breaking up their marriages they ended up paying the price for it which is a bummer you know it's like yeah, because yeah. the these poor women who would stand up for their rights as a you know as a wife would end up getting kind of the shit end of the deal like they would end up oh, like completely. losing everything you were a fallen woman you yeah, were divorced yeah, yeah so it was yeah. like so it is a double-edged sword to think about it through the, like the 50s lens of that mm-hmm. sort of thing and it was like yeah you know there were guys who were scumbags and took advantage of that and then there were guys like Sherman who were scumbags and then tried to do their best not to be scumbags not to be yeah and that includes like taking advantage of these super young girls which Marilyn you know I think she was like 26 when she made this but she's it's implied that she just turned 22 Mm -hmm. and 
when I watched it, especially watch, rewatching it again now, I I thought a lot about myself at 22, and I'm like, that's 22. Like yeah. she's so nude. Like like you're you're sort of a sexy baby, and that's yes. kind of what she, oh my God. often what they've capitalized yeah. on so much with her anyway. Like even uh, you know Trevia has said like she was like a baby and a sexy woman at the same time, yeah. but but they really do show that how it's like you have these goods, but you don't really your mind is still kind of childlike. You don't really know how to use them, but people everyone around you is just looking at you like they want to eat you oh yeah and so it's like how do you (laughs) you know and it's like how do you and then you know she's trying to like you know have a job in entertainment industry and like navigating that so it's like it's that sort of she i think she does a really really good job i think she does great um it i it would suck to be the girl i'm sorry but it would just Mm -hmm. suck like and and i think some of us have been i'm just saying some of us have been the girl at at some points in our life and it 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 is not pleasant and i think that um like you were saying in this climate today i think it's interesting to watch this and see that yes this was going on 60 70 years ago like this is nothing new Mm -hmm. um and uh, and to the point where they were able to make a, a comedic play about it that became a movie. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's. <laughs> and apparently the you apparently know. from what I've been reading, the play went further with. The, yeah. With the with the sexual part of things. So it kind of like mm-hmm. and they had to rewrite it for the censors to say that his the whole um the the sort of like um, the sexual interactions and those sort of things for as chaste as they are kind of were fantasy in the movie as yes. opposed to reality in the play so I'd yeah. be curious to know how the play would differs like how much the play differs from it and like does he go all the way yeah with it? like and is, is he more he aggressive more, yes yeah. and like does he is he a is he a bigger scumbag in the in the yeah. play you know and like and how does they how does he redeem himself in the end like he redeems himself in the end of this movie but yeah you know you know those are that's just lost to the um you know that's just lost to the eras i guess if you you know if you didn't go see this on on broadway you know in the 50s you wouldn't really oh my god unless they remounted it and like stayed true to the through to the they t- might have that as would be to interesting movie. to look into yeah yeah, yeah. actually that would be an interesting thing to revive in this day and age and see how that could be uh brush the dust off that story oh, because be it could be really uh yeah. interesting to to do yeah um yeah Anyway. Yep. So um, I actually, uh, did did you have any research on trivia for them, for some information for the kids? Well, just just a little bit, thanks to you. Um, um, Just uh, that as... As we were talking about um, William uh, Bill Billy Trevia, um, he he's actually um, he was born. I thought this was interesting. He was born on Catalina Island, Indeed. which is where one of our our um, one of our episodes, the Glass Bottom Boat, uh, pretty much took place. Oh yeah, um, which is a little island. I, I mean, I was like, what are the odds? But he was born in Avalon off of Catalina Island, 1920, and uh, he graduated from uh, Woodbury Woodbury University in Burbank. So he's a he's a local guy, hmm. as far as that, um, like kind of like Maryland like they were native native Californians which in LA you don't see too often yeah. I'm just saying <laughs> um and he he did design for eight of Maryland's films and um their collaboration began really early when they met in the 1950s um she actually just um they they were on the uh, the the lot and she went to go use a changing room that was kind of adjacent to his office and uh, put on a bathing suit and was like what do you think and then like a strap broke and her boob popped out and that's the first time he met like they met awkwardly 
Uh, as Kathleen would say, I showed him my goods. I, I showed him my goods. Yeah. And that's what happened. But, and it's interesting. I just want to say like, so just, and again, cause I, I have to cite these ages. She was 24. He's 30. Oh. He'd already won an Oscar from by by that point because he won one in 1948 uh, best color film when he did Errol Flynn's costumes which from what I understand uh, he was pulled in and he's been done the like Trevi was kind of one of these guys um, who was sort of pulled in to help fix things and uh, mm-hmm. he was pulled in to help because he thought that the other stuff that was originally designed for him was a little too too floofy so he Errol kinda... Flynn thought that yeah Errol, Errol Flynn, Flynn thought, was yes, like yeah. these costumes are a little too not manly enough. <laughs> Which I'm just like, well, it is Errol Flynn, and he is basically a walking penis. Yeah, I was like, yeah, okay, so you guys was like, I was like, yeah, could you make something a little bit more with my dick hanging out? Because that's how I'm going. With like a vest. I want to do some shirt cocking while I'm here. Yes. Great. I need you to just focus on these two general areas, which is my man cleavage and my man bits. <laughs> Oh, and don't forget the face. Yes. The collars highlight the face. Yes. <laughs> and yet somehow he was able to get through Captain Blood with that wig on. I don't. Oh, my God. Uh, well, you know. Like, you know what? You know what? We need to stop because we could talk. I know, the I rest know. of this episode wait, could be about that fucking wait, wig. We're here for Earl. I know. Hair pieces in general are like, whoa. Yes. Okay. Whoa. Sorry. Uh, but no, I just thought that was really interesting. Like he he had already won. At, by t- like 28 years old, he had already won an Oscar oh my God. for costumes. Could you imagine? For co- like, just let that sink in, mm. <laughs> those of us who who don't have one <laughs> and love to make costumes. 28. 28. So, um, but yeah, and also, I thought it was also interesting, too, when I was reading about it, because one of the, you know, a, a, a sort of side hustles he would do in order to kind of get money um, and do things was he would um, he would go to burlesque shows uh, after classes when he was in college and sell his sketches to the burlesque dancers Love for, uh, like, for ideas and stuff. Love so it. he really had a passion for... Um, I would say like just co- like tr- like a true costumer like he really really enjoyed and he loved drawing and sketching and he was he was a wonderful sketch artist as we've seen his work you know yeah. so this I mean and it really shows like he had a real knack and also I thought it was interesting reading about him that it was actually his um so as this happens this was different times his dad was a widower by the time uh Trevia was two years old you know his mom his mom died when he was really young and his dad eventually remarried and it was it was his stepmother who really supported him and fought for him to go to school like really saw the talent and his passion and was his support uh you know to really get him off the ground and I thought that was pretty awesome to like yay for cool step parents just just saying you don't really yeah. hear those stories too often not, I thought yeah, that was not, pretty as, cool. not as often as you as wish you, you wish would. you would yeah That's I rad. thought that was really rad um because uh I guess yeah there you know he was drawn like sexy ladies like even back like way back in the day and like I guess his grandma was like I gave him a violin maybe, maybe wholesome music will help and and the, and the stepmom literally broke the broke it and was like no he's he's this is what he is d- doing he's he's talented leave him alone and I thought that was awesome <laughs> Like yeah, <laughs> you know, but I, and yeah, so it's just, it sounds like I, and I have to admit, Philip, I thought I didn't even know. I mean, I'm, he was straight <laughs> until I was like reading I, about him, I know, but he's right? just really I a mean, straight man like, who truly loves women. Like he really loves yeah, no them, judgment. You know? I mean, you just, you just you assume, assume when you hear costume designer mm-hmm. or fashion designer, you just immediately assume homosexual. Yeah. Especially one who, which, which who is, partic- which is one, which is, you know, my, has been my experience. Well, well particularly far. one who, who works well with women, I think is very interesting yeah, too. Yeah. You know, you don't really, it's, it's usually yeah. not a straight man. It's because they're usually 
weird or handsy or whatever. It's usually, you know, gay dudes. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting yeah. about him uh, in, you know, in general. Uh, I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but then, um, and I also really love what I love about him too, is that, um, you know, he, he did, he's known for doing a lot of work for Marilyn, but then he also had a lot of success later in life doing stuff for television. You know, he had that, like, Mm -hmm. like in his, his golden years, he was able to really, he did, I mean, he was doing stuff. He did design for the Ewing family in Dallas. He did, uh, the Loretta Young show. I mean, he did, uh, and I think it was, uh, what was another big one he did? had it in my notes and now i forgot oh um valley of the dolls he because he was doing freelance work oh, he did the, yeah yes, he did the costumes for valley queen. of the i know right so <laughs> yes, you're like queen. wait a minute this pleading looks familiar Wait, oh god it's trivia pleading i think that's the thing I mean, is you know, first of all pleads. let's just talk about valley oh, of the dolls for a second because we're doing that movie you know at some point. helen lawson <laughs> is one of the most amazing things amazing on the planet. and um uh Judy Garland was supposed to play that role originally. They they designed and made the costume for her. She, of course, got fired. And then, lo and behold, she's doing her um, tour at the palace wearing that costume. Like, there's photos of her wearing the exact same costume that they ended up making for. Um, I forget the poor woman's name that actually ended up playing Helen Lawson. Um, She was in uh, I Married a Witch. Anywho, but yeah, so they had the exact same costume that was in that movie. She's like photographed in, <laughs> yeah, doing concerts and so it's amazing that she's <laughs> that she's just like this is mine now goodbye even though I'm a mess. Oh, I know. Well, and that's what's interesting too is like uh, I've seen like seeing Trivia dresses and gowns on like the same gown on multiple actresses. Like I think of mm-hmm. like the gold uh, sunburst pleat one that we've seen that's very famous yeah. worn by Marilyn. There's pictures of Jane Mansfield wearing it too where like the pleats are all stretched out because <laughs> you know because she was bigger. Well, I mean yeah. in what all the right do? places. Yeah, what are you going to do? Right? So but, talk about and she, she, I know, right? But she actually she looked pretty fucking amazing she just yeah they both look great in it but i mean he really did know how to design very flattering for women and that was something that was brought up even early in his career was that he wasn't just a good good at making like designing costumes he was good at designing costumes that made people look more beautiful and that that is really Mm -hmm. like i think that is that is the core of like what he he was able he really he he was he designed and made people look and feel beautiful and uh that's that's a that's an art. That's a that's a talent. And the one, you know, the one thing that um, that I think is interesting too to think about is like think about all of these sort of like iconic trivia looks. Iconic. Like the, the like the the subway dress, the mm-hmm. pink the 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 pink diamonds are the girl's best friend dress. Yep. Like a lot of the stuff. The gold that dress. The gold like the, no, uh, yeah. the gold the gold pleated dress not a not a very like he wasn't huge on like surface embellishments Mm-mm. as far as like busyness and pattern like f- actual physical like big oversized patterns or like if he did, very it was intricate to- it looking, was very like, tonal like he would do like the yeah, white everything, on nude and stuff like that but yeah everything that he designed was very while it was interesting they could have had interesting pleadings but a lot of it was like tone on tone mm-hmm. color pl- like like different tones of the same color like he's a really brilliant at kind of letting the actress shine mm-hmm. as opposed to like kind of like piling on design like the dra- piling on design on the dress you know so it's like more or less just letting the actress wear something that's almost 
simplify to the like down kind of like been boiled down to the to the brass tacks yeah. of what it is like the subway dress it's like it's white on white on white mm-hmm. and it's pleated so you get a little bit of like texture and stuff from the shadows but it's like it's essentially just a plain white dress yeah and you know? like how and many of very... us didn't even notice like like that there's actually like like layers at the on the halter top or like there's a, t- there's yeah. a tiny belt that crisscrosses through the midriff like a lot of mm-hmm. that like you don't really there's these subtle things that that are there but they don't um you, you don't even see them sort of till they're up close but he was he was you know what he was really good again making people look beautiful the, he mm-hmm. used pleating and draping and he um and he made he flattered women's bodies he made sure that yeah, they were think... you know he knew how to dress curves he celebrated them yes. it's like you got boobies let's make those boobies get up like you know we and we're gonna <laughs> drape and pleat around them in fact things are just be hanging from your titties girl but they looked amazing yes, but also like... too i think was interesting i think that shows as a designer shows a lot of restraint too to oh be absolutely able to design. yeah instead of just being like oh i have the most beautiful woman in the world let's just pile it on mm-hmm. it's no it's like i have the most beautiful woman in the world let's take it all off and start from like and put just the bare minimum yeah. onto it that way it really lets her shine and really lets you know so you the clothes sort of like become part of the whole pack I oh think, yeah honestly i think he's one of the most brilliant one of the most brilliant designers because when he needs to be, he could be really restrained. Mm-hmm. And as far as like the, the, the design of it. And then when he needs to be super crazy, like if you look at his work in Valley of the Dolls, it is kind of like very seven, like yeah. early seventies pop art, op art sort of stuff. And it's really cool, but not as much on like, but the stuff that on that's more or less like on stuff that, like if you look at those they're in scenes where there's not a lot of talking and action Mm -hmm. it's more like a lot of like fashion like fashion montages and that sort of thing so when they're in actual scenes where there's drama happening or dialogue happening the clothes are just less they're less busy so it doesn't distract whereas like and then you look at movies like this movie all of the the clothes are they're not meant to distract they're meant to sort of just like be part of it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I just no, think no. And I'm rambling and no, it's really I, like it's I, out of control. I, but no, I, I think that 100% there's something agree. to be said about that. I, and I think no matter what he does, his shit looks expensive. Like oh, like God, when you yes. think of Dorothy and Lorelai, the, you know, two girls from Little Rock, uh, their wardrobe was en point. Like everything. Oh. And they weren't necessarily like, you know, yes, there there were diamonds and, and jewelry and stuff. But, you know, their, their stuff, they were very buttoned up, but beautifully, beautifully mm-hmm. tailored. And, and that's the thing Work. is like he really knows how to make a woman look like a goddess like that's totally. when i think of it's like he do, he he does these goddess-like designs um you know think about all of it's like we don't really realize how much his his designs and silhouettes have been ingrained into what we know and associate with iconic looks like we it's it's yeah. you know it, it's he is he's there you know and uh yeah. but yeah and, and i just i also was thinking too like i as i was reading like again you know he had all this great success you were talking about restraint that's probably why he had such wonderful success in television because it, his the, his costuming and stuff worked so well for like he did both knots landing and dallas at the same time like 70s nice. to the 90s like at the same time and here he is like in his i think 60s like it's crazy i mean he was that's bananas he was really like i mean he this man worked up until like almost the day he died 
Like he was getting work. And, he had no yeah, problem. So, <laughs> so speaking of his television work, I was able to, oh. um, so well, hot dish. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, on Facebook, I ended up uh, befriending a, um, a gentleman named Jim Lapidus. And he's also a costume designer as well in television and movies. Amazing. So I, um, I had, had the pleasure of meeting him. It's all digital. So I haven't, <laughs> had to, I haven't met him yet personally, but it's going to be awesome. You e-met him? Um, um, I e-met him, um, and I met him through Pete Menefee, actually. They, oh, they've worked together. That's great. So um, he actually worked in film and wardrobe um, beginning in the 70s, starting on a little show called The Share Show. Maybe oh, you've heard of it. Jesus Christ. I mean, and he also designed for one Mr. Liberace. Oh, my God. I mean, this man, I mean, Jim Lapidus, God, he's doing the Lord's work. Wow. But he actually worked with Mr. Trevia. He worked with him on a series of TV movies about old Hollywood that's been, that was referred to as Moviola in 1980. Yes, it, yes. Was three, it was three movies, one called The Silent Lovers, The Scarlet O'Hara War, and This Year's Blonde, which is about um, Marilyn Monroe. Wow. So um, the and Trivia designed all three of them. So I asked him about his experience, and this is what he said. <laughs> he said, um, I met John Ehrman, the director on the TBS lot one day while working on the miniseries Scruples as the men's set costumer. He said, we were doing Moviola and they were looking for a personal dresser for Tony Curtis, who was in the, um, who was in the Scarlet O'Hara War. Um, and then they hired him. So um, he said, what a thrill to work on a project that Trevia was designing. When I could... When I could slip away from set, I would hang out in the workroom and just listen and watch. It was really old Hollywood. And even on set, there were um, slant boards so the stars didn't have to sit down sit down in their gowns. I mean, wow. how old school is that? I wow. love that. He said, I remember Trivia telling a story... Uh, telling a story of one night he and a very close female friend had gone to a very fancy soiree and he dressed her the party went late and she spent the night at his home the following morning she was seen leaving the house in his robe carrying the gown as she stepped into a cab the neighbors were aghast <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tony Curtis had bought it brought in a couple of suits he owned from other films to be used in the show toward the end of the show Tony announced he wanted all his clothes trivia made for him the producer said absolutely not as they were owned by Western Costume. I told them they needed to, I told the, he said, I told them they, the producers need to tell him. They were afraid to. And on the final day, Tony parked his rolls near his trailer. And while the producers watched, he threw open the trailer door and said to me, darling, load the car. And the producers just stood there and watched. <laughs> <laughs> Um, apparently Jim and, um, Tony had a, um, had a pretty fun time working on it and like they became pretty good. Um, Tony Aww. even gave him a nickname during the film, which he asked me not to include because it was very inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that is a wonderful story. <laughs> I know, right? That's so awesome. So thank you so much, Mr. Jim Lapidus, yeah. for, um, for giving us your, uh, um, your, your story on this this is so fun to share i love that that's so funny <laughs> love the idea <laughs> that <of> like, is <laughs> hilarious love the idea of tony curtis just being like i'm taking this with me bye bitch I okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes home puts on his fi the his favorite one and just lounges by the pool with a cocktail and a cigarette it's like i yeah. won <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's like what are they gonna say no to me i'm tony curtis yeah. hey <laughs> 
He's like, I was in, I, I was in some like it hot. Get out of my face. Yeah. Get out of my fucking face. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so, did you want me to sort of talk through the story real fast on this one? Um, sure. I, I, I have one. Or did you have more? Well, no, no, no. I just wanted to add one anecdote on that because I was, uh, I was do. reading about, um, like, so, um. Trivia passed away in 1990 and there was an interview that he had done where they had the interview was asking about his penchant for pleading and because you know pleading is his thing and he said when I die I don't want to be buried or cremated just plead me (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's all I got (laughs) he's our people is what I'm saying (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious Oh my God! Just I know he must have been. Could you imagine just being able to hang out and have a drink with him? He must have been so fun. Like just God. the stories he probably had. Ugh, can't yeah. even. Anyway, you just know that the stories in the costume shops are just like all f- like hilarious, g- hot gossip. And oh, like hilarious! Like, yeah, so much hot gossip. And catty and yes. like inappropriate like it's all dick and boob jokes oh i know i know i love how like when we hear these stories how just how freaking dirty everyone was back then I and then they it. just turn to the I camera they're it. like hi i'm wholesome and you're like oh you're so dirty <laughs> <laughs> i love it too <laughs> so good okay so let's um if, if do we have anything else before nope, we nope. get into the story that's it okay. jump on in awesome all right so let's plead it on up guys uh, <laughs> So, um, basically we've all seen this film and if you haven't, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> get, get it together. Yeah. Um, so the film begins, um, we are introduced to the concept of shipping your wife and children off of the, um, off of Manhattan for the summer to spare them the heat and humidity, um, which oh, is shown God. by, a, which is shown by a problematic fat flashback to Manhattan inhabited by native Americans. And of course, while the wives are away, the men chase after errant Island women. Um, <laughs> So fast forward to Manhattan in 1955. Richard Sherman, played by Tom Ewell, is put is putting his wife Evelyn Keyes and son Ricky, played by Tom Nolan, onto a train, um, which is headed off to Maine for the summer. He's staying behind to work. Uh, Sherman finds the other men of the city disgusting because they're chasing after women and going wild just because they're um, home alone. Um, during his wife's absence, Tom uh, promises, or sorry, Richard promises to not drink and to not smoke or chase after women. So after Sherman arrives home, his buzzer goes off and he lets uh, in his upstairs neighbor, who happens to be a beautiful woman played by Marilyn Monroe. Um, She's subletting the apartment above um, for the summer. So later while reading, he's distracted by his own thoughts. He's annoyed that his wife doesn't trust him and wants to call him later that evening. Um, This leads his imagination to kind of run amok. So Helen appears and taunts him for thinking that he's a lady killer. Uh, Sherman regales her about his animal magnetism. So his, um, he tells a story where his secretary, Miss Morris, played by Marguerite Chapman, throws herself at him on his desk, but he rebuffs her. (laughs) Then... When he had his appendix out, Miss Finch, the hot, the hospital night nurse, played by Morticia Adams as Carolyn Jones, puts the moves on him. He rebuffs her because she he must stay true to his wife. He presses an alarm and she's carried off screaming, <laughs> which is such a funny... <laughs> Mike was dying. <laughs> so stupid. But so it's good. so good. I honestly love the like sort of the satirization in this movie. Oh, it's, it's so good. good. It's like a living cartoon. It's wonderful. So good. 
Um, and then the last <laughs> scene is Helen's best friend Elaine, played by Dolores Rosedale, and Sherman share an intimate from here to eternity moment on the beach. Sherman reminds her that he must stay true to Helen, and he walks off into the sea. <laughs> um, so when he, um, so then he gets up to fix himself a drink and a deadly tomato plant crashes down, narrowly missing him. His anger dissipates when he realizes it was the girl upstairs. So he invites her down for a drink. She gets, uh, but she has to get dressed because she keeps her undies in the icebox <laughs> on hot summer nights. <laughs> Which I honestly love that um, That was genius. Yeah. Well, first of all, she keeps her undies in her icebox because you're just like, oh, she's not wearing panties right now. That's clearly what they were doing. But I also love that she was wearing like her hair was all pin set yeah which i think that was probably the first time i've ever seen that i was like oh that's how they get their yeah. hair to look like that they she have to set it every curls. single goddamn night yep um so that was a nice um sort of window into the uh the 1950s woman's world <laughs> um so so Sherman sets the mood with some Rachmaninoff when his imagination kicks in again so the girl comes down in an amazing evening gown at six net six net she sits next to him <laughs> playing Rachman- while he's playing Rachmaninoff on the play- piano, which is driving her wild. Um, so he then takes her in his arm and kisses her very hard and very fast. <laughs> so I, it's, that scene was actually pretty funny. I it was that. so funny. She's like, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. She's hilarious. No, they were great. She's really uh, f- genuinely funny in this movie. Oh, my God. She's, gen- she's funny she's in genuinely almost funny. every yeah. movie. Like, she is. That's one thing that I think is kind of like overlooked on Completely. Maryland, is that she's got really good comedic timing. She is. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So she arrives and she tells him about herself, that she's an actress and a spokesmodel, and that the city is too hot. And she tried sleeping in, a ba- in the bathtub filled with cold water, but she got her toes stuck in the faucet and had to call the plumber to help. So every story a movement um, as she's is basically driving Sherman mad with desire while she's completely <laughs> unaware so she suggests that they drink champagne that she bought for her birthday the night before uh, while she's gone the janitor Mr. Kerhulik played by Robert Strauss comes by for the rugs that require cleaning and Sherman has to rush to get him away and to <laughs> run him off uh, so she returns with the champers along with some potato chips um, which actually sounded like a really great combo, and I need I know. to try that one. Yeah, day. me too. <laughs> yeah. I w- it made me want both. When she I know. I'm like, num, 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 num. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rose and salt and vinegar, anybody? Oh, I was going to say, like, maybe some jalapeno chips, you know? Like, <laughs> yes. Have you, the jalapeno kettle cooked. Uh, that's right. Yes. Okay. So Sherman puts on his Rachmaninoff to try to seduce her. She seems unfazed by it and suggests that he play something on the piano for her. And he ends up playing chopsticks. So she's, of course, ex- is ecstatic and joins in. Since they're sitting so close <laughs> on the piano bench, he attempts to kiss her very hard and very fast. They fall backwards on the floor. And realizing his shame, uh, Sherman asks the girl to leave. Um uh, and this movie actually made me want to learn how to play chopsticks, and I still haven't figured that. What? Out. Oh, <laughs> no, it's easy. Do You'll I do don't it. Know how to play chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> One day, we'll get you a keyboard to practice. Like a well, Casio. Casio. Yeah. <laughs> you can put or on the bossa nova. <laughs> yeah. <A> mal- <laughs> bossa nova. <laughs> I love the bossa nova feet. It's so good. It's so oh good. my god. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> when growing, honestly, sidebar, going growing up, my um for no reason at all, my mom had um one of those organ organs from the seventies or sixties oh, or seventies yeah? with like the two sets of keys, and it had like uh, it, it like plugged in and had its own little what? speaker, and like it had all those like little buttons you pushed, and one of them was bossa nova, and I would literally, I mean, nobody knew how to play it. It was such yeah. a useless piece of furniture. But you hit that bossa nova key, but you hit that bossa. Yeah, so I would. To hit the bossa nova thing and, and always i was just like god this is just like the best it is the best yeah <laughs> i don't know why bossa nova is still just like a stock bossa nova beat is yeah still like exactly the height of glamour for me give me uh, a stock bossa nova beat <laughs> yes. okay so the next day at sherman's office he's racked with guilt for his actions and worried that the girl is going to broadcast his lascivious actions he continues reading his book which introduces him to the idea of the seven-year itch theory theory which states that a high percentage of married men tend to stray in their seventh year of marriage which he is in so the author of the book a psychiatrist dr brew baker played by oscar homolka stops by uh, when asked brew baker doesn't give sherman too much free advice um and then sherman calls his wife in maine to see if she's heard about the affair and it's relieved to find she's unaware but is in fact on a hayride with tom mckenzie who's played by sunny <laughs> who's played by the hulking beast of sunny tufts <laughs> I'm sorry. That scene is so funny. So Sherman's good. imagination is hilarious. Like it's the thing so, so good. So, but Sherman hates Tom because he thinks he's trying to mac on his wife. So under the impression that his wife is getting some from uh, Tom McKenzie, he invites the girl from upstairs out um, to an air conditioned movie after leaving. He spent, um, after leaving the movie, she spent some time getting, she spent some time getting cooch blasted by some subway <laughs> air. That's right. That's right. You know what? If anyone's ever been or lived in New York, you know how hot it gets. Cooling off those lady bits is just the key to living. I'm telling you. Well, and that's pretty I much have, what she's trying to do the entire she's like how can i cool my lady bits throughout the entire film <laughs> but there's nothing worse than honestly subway air is not refreshing especially well, when you stand over them yeah. on a hot day and that hot blast of air comes at you right i would never think of doing that actually it, it sounds really gross but it's, you know yeah hollywood pure <laughs> fantasy um so i was thinking more about when she goes when she's in his apartment and she's like got her legs up i'm like there you go yeah, on the air conditioning yeah yeah so um after she's done getting cooch blasted she uh, they return to his apartment and it's pretty late at night and then they enjoy some more air conditioning and being that her apartment is so hot she asked sherman if she could spend the night in his um uh, so this is when kerhulik returns to pick up the carpets and notices the girl and sherman insists that she, so he basically um, insists that she leave. Um, he doesn't want people to think that he's, he has women over when his wife is out of town. So later on, the girl sneaks down the stairs that connects their apartment by opening the stairwell that used to connect their on their apartments. So she sneaks down. Do, 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 do. Um, <laughs> Uh, Sherman relents and allows her to stay the night and he sleeps on the couch while she sleeps in the bedroom. And then Tom McKenzie arrives for no reason. And, um, he wants to bring Ricky's canoe paddle that he, um, Sherman forgot to send back to Maine with him. Sherman thinking that Tom is, um, trying to steal his wife punches, punches him out cold and Krahulik ends up taking Tom away. Not sure where to. I know. So, <laughs> 
Um, Throws them out on the street. Pretty much. Uh, So Sherman realizes that he truly loves his wife and wants to be with her. He grabs Ricky's paddle and rushes off to catch the train. Not realizing he left without his shoes, the girl has to toss them to him from his own apartment window. So, the end. That is the story of the seven-year itch. Oh my goodness. What a movie. (laughs) It was. It was really good. The end was a little, I have to admit... That I think probably the most uncom- I, I would say probably one of the most uncomfortable parts is the very end where she kisses him and says to like leave the lipstick on his face and I she know. says I wrote it down she said something weird and I'm like I still don't understand oh yeah she says if she thinks it's cranberry sauce tell her, her tell her it's cherry pits in her head what the fuck does that mean I it's like I, I don't know maybe think, he's calling she calling her stupid I'm not I don't know maybe it was uh, inappropriate. Like yeah. I was like, after all that, I was like, oh, I wish this ended differently. <laughs> that I was think a it weird. was basically like he, I think the whole premise was, is that he, his wife kind of trusted him no matter what, because That's she true. kind of underestimated his ability to attract women. And it was sort of like his, her way of kind of boosting him up or something saying that he's, she's like, you know, he, she's like, you are, you, you're sexy ish. Oh and- yeah. Like if your wife, if your wife still thinks that you're, you know, a, a boob, here you go. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like your wife doesn't think you're capable of cheating. Here's proof that you are. I know, right? Exactly. What? That's what I was like. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Uh, How is that know, helping? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, I honestly think she, if, if anyone has ever uh, had tried to like really been in serious heat without air conditioning, you really can't sleep. And I know in oh, this God, story, yeah. they basically, she says, like, she's like, I haven't slept in three days. So maybe she's just a little loopy in general. Maybe. And she was like, desperately well she was like i really just want to sleep girl and, uh, <laughs> my first year in new york i'll yeah. tell you that he is hor. i mean it's relentless yeah, yeah. I mean, it is it's tough stuff it's tough like stuff. It, this whole like oh can i go down and sleep in your like that's actually legit i'm like no actually this works if anyone's yeah. ever been in new york knows like like there's a if you if your downstairs neighbor has amazing air conditioning, you will yep. you would and you haven't slept for three days, you'd find a way. Yep. <laughs> you'd also want to find a way yep. to get a little of that and cool your lady bits. <laughs> yep. It's either that or you're gonna have to spend the time straddling I know. Oh, God. Great. <laughs> uh, uh. So, um quick I wanna ask you, what's your favorite look from this movie? Um, I, I really, I, this actually, I thought a lot about before, before we started recording. Cause I was like, what is, uh, you know, I, I, is it cliche to say that it's the white dress? Cause Not I, necessarily, really, no. I really love it, but I also, I also really love, and you only see it for a few seconds. I love when he, um, remember when he's, he's fantasizing about this affair getting out and Marilyn's like on the TV doing her oh dazzle dead thing. Yes. And she's in that it's literally, it's a, it's a hot pink sequin pantsuit with that beautiful, like hot pink drape. I think that actually, cause it's like, it's only there for a bit, a Girl. minute, but she first one, she's hilarious. And Just two, <laughs> two, she looks so amazing. I <laughs> mean, um, she looks like a living doll. And so that so. was, good and, that's and I, like yeah and that's hard to say because i love i love like the, when she's in her temptress outfit you know when she's like uh, sitting at the piano the where, tiger I, dress the tiger I mean, dress is God. i mean should should not be underestimated either but i just I, I don't know sometimes those little ones that are only on there for a second or two i'm like oh they need some that's pretty amazing yes it is <laughs> um that uh, yeah so there's um 
That so the uh, the subway dress, of course, famously was sold in mm-hmm. 2011 by Debbie That's Reynolds right. from uh, her uh, collection, aka yeah. the Great Purge that had to happen when she had I to know. liquidate her collection in 2011. Taxes so. are real, you guys. I know your taxes for real. Um, yeah, so the subway dress is amazing, and I love the dazzle dent look. I think that that's sort of uh, yeah. like that's quintessential Trevia realness. Trevia, yeah, I like mean, they were he, like he really just got to be do it like go yes, because it's like well you know she's on TV so let's put her Make in her something pretty. crazy and I yeah and I it's love, like a crazy fantasy so it's like yes. it's pink it's like hyper pink and and she's just yeah super glitzy because it's all like in his mind you know and then she starts saying all that crazy shit <laughs> like the creature from the Black like Lagoon. <laughs> And they're watching her on TV, and she's like, stay away from this scumbag. I love that she's like, now that I've got your attention. (laughs) She's, like, legit, that was hilarious. She is so good at delivering that, like, deadpan, like... Like, what did you just say? You know? Oh my god! Like with a bathtub scene where she's rega- yes. rega- regaling it to the to the plumber, where she's like, "Then <laughs> he played chopsticks, <laughs> and then his eyes went crazy." Like the so. All good. right, love when she's like, "I've got champagne in the in the fridge with my potato chips in my underwear." Like it's very like okay. But crazy. I just love how like the when she's regaling the 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 plumber, she's kind of just oh, like yeah. staring off into the middle distance. And, like, I know. I, yes, that's so good. And she's like in the bubble bath, and like, <laughs> so her faces good. are so funny. Oh my god! And then like even when she's like when she's talking to him about her job, about being the dazzle dink girl, and she's like, and I hold this for fourteen seconds, and she does her like total Marilyn face, and I'm like, you are a hot clown, lady. Like, she you, is it's really like, is a hot clown. She like serves clown face. Like she's just like. <sighs> I'm just like, you are so funny. But she delivers it truly in a way that like a 22 year old would where you're like, like you kind of take yourself seriously, but you know, you're not like, and you're kind of cute, you know, because she's so cute and childlike about it. But it's it really comes off as like truly like this is a real like romp of a comedy. Like it it really is uh, like a cartoon. It's great. (laughs) I had onions for lunch. I I had had garlic dressing for for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And then she just, the way she just like puts on that huge, it's like smile and and the lazy eyes, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, So good. There was so, there's actually, it's funny. There's not a huge huge number of looks in this movie because it takes place over only like two days pretty Mm much. Um, And I honestly, I love her pink matador pants look that she comes oh down in gosh. in the first where it's like the belted it's like a mid it's like a uh like a hip length tunic yes, with like a belt yes. and it's a in the little collar and and she looks lovely and the little and she's got those little button earrings and mm. like and you know honestly the way she looks like she could be wearing that as 60 at 60 years old and look elegant oh my that God, is like yes. a time like i feel like i've seen older rich nice looking ladies do that look I you know love, what i mean and, and like, like when she takes the belt off still looks amazing like yes. she just looks and she looks and and again it's like the 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 v's kind of low like at one point she's even talking you know like she kind of pulls and you're like oh girl like she's probably wearing uh like a strapless bra that like in the 50s that or kinda like a merry had, widow like, the or deep something v. yeah like the yeah. merry widow with the real deep v so that she would have like that low decollete like that but it was cleavage free you yeah. know um she looked very it was very tasteful and mm-hmm. and again the, the 
her in that pink. She just uh, looks baby so, pink. She, he, like, he, like, she was dressed to look delicious. She looks sweet and fresh and delicious and everything. That's why, like, if you look at her wardrobe, like, again, she doesn't wear a lot, but she wears a lot of white, yep. pink. She's just this, this fresh, like, flower kind of contrast to the gritty of, you know, hot, humid New York. Like, when you first see her, I have to say, I love that little polka dot dress oh, with the pleating the in the front. Yeah. And she's, you can tell she's probably wearing a Merry Widow with a, a waist cincher because her waist is teeny tiny and her ass looks amazing going up yeah. that stair. You're just like, okay. Like, and he's like, <laughs> he hurts his neck, like looking <laughs> at her, which is hilarious. But, um, but she just, she looks so fresh, even when it's like, you know, hot and sweaty and everything. And they really, but that's where they really make her stand out as mm-hmm. the girl. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's great. And then she's got, and of course her classic Marilyn makeup that yes. like, you know, that Alan Whitey Snyder, like he, they really got that Marilyn look down by that point where she really has those baby doe eyes and the, the contouring is just right. And the lip, it was, that is just, that is a hundred percent. Like, well, when we think Marilyn Monroe, this is the look, yes, you know, this is is like quintessential i mean because she does mm-hmm. like you're saying she does that like open mouth pat- like when she's yes. doing the dazzle then think she ends it with the 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 iconic the look Marilyn yeah. look and i think this is more or less like where it started like it where is that yeah was like where that came from that like sleepy eye, almost closed eye mouth open sort of like that pose because i yeah i don't think i've i remember seeing that in uh, previous movies not so. as much, and it wasn't really played up. And you know, remember, this is like I think when she really first went like platinum blonde. Yeah, I think. Well, well, I, well, River of No Return. She was she had she had the lighter hair as well. I think but this I just sort of solidified you know. because um, I was just looking at her career trajectory. So she her first big big movie was Asphalt Jungle in 1950, and mm-hmm. then followed up by All About Eve in 1950. Monkey Business was in 52. Uh, mm-hmm. Gentleman for Blondes was in 53, as well as How to Marry a Millionaire. Seven Year Itch was in 55. Bus Stop was in 56. Some Like It Hot was in 59. Misfits was 61. And then she was dead in August 5th, 1962. I, I, 12 yeah. years. Like I know. She became, like, like she had done stuff previously before 1950, but it wasn't like yeah. those star making roles. Yeah. But like, but, but think let's, about let's that. Just, she worked her ass off to get where 12, she was. No, do, imagine yeah. in 12 years, she, she becomes a worldwide phenomenon. I mean, yeah. like she's kind of, I hate to say it, but she's like, like Justin Bieber, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. she just became this thing. And like, if mm-hmm. she, you know, and it's just a bummer to think about like, you know, and you know, as a womp womp city, but like her, what, her life became and who she was surrounded by and just sort of like, well, the, she was like used and abused downward, even from the high ups. Yeah. Like, and then the downward, she was a commodity. Yeah. You know? And the downward spiral of her, like, you know, her mental health and stuff. And it was just, yeah. it's just a bummer to think that in 12 years they could like be, she could become something so rural. She could become an icon and then just gone, like just destroyed. I, and then it was destroyed. Yeah. Her. Like it's, it's, and that's why of course she's a legend because it's oh, like, trust me. I, we I love, love a tragedy. Her. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, and well, I, I love her. I, she's definitely, you know, I'm, I'm one of the many, many people that like, there's something about her that speaks to me that I, I really, uh, relate to, or, you know, res- something about her resonates with me. And mm-hmm. I know that as I've gotten older, the movies that, like like right now like my favorite movie that she ever did was the misfits actually oh, like that movie no. will make makes me weep it is so good and it's probably her at her most real wow and she is she is so it is so good and so sad 
But it's also one of those things that like I watch it and then it makes me angry because I'm like she had she I personally think she could have really done so much as she got older. And that was such a it's so tragic that like like, oh, 36. She's so old. She's washed up. But she could have completely had this wonderful career. Like I think she she could have gone on to do a lot of other great things as she got older. She could have really been uh, an icon in her older years, like as a as a you know strong old you know like like this beautiful older woman as well so um it's just really sad like i think we missed out on a lot of things that we could have seen her do but she was she was used and abused and fucked yeah. with and everybody used her even her own shrink and it, like it's not like she wasn't always trying to improve herself yeah but she, you know she w- she was a very needy person and people played on all of her Every little bit of her people played on, you know, I mean, like it's it and and uh, and I think she tried she always she tried her best, you know, but even at this point, like I feel like even when we read about the seven year itch and like the subway great thing, like she was married to Joe DiMaggio and he was he he like I I, all I can think of with this is just like how fucking pissed off he was and how he slapped her around after she did that. It's like she couldn't get here. She is trying to work and do this thing. And she comes home and is basically slut shamed and, you know, and made to feel like a piece of shit for trying to just do her job. So I think that, you know, she was really pushed and pulled in a lot of ways. And people like Trevia and other people who were able to get or be around her and close to her understood that like she this made her a very needy person. Um, But also because she was so needy, it made her someone who was completely taken advantage of over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, on the, but uh, on that note, I still think she was beautiful and really smart and she was a complicated woman with daddy issues. I relate hundred no. <laughs> percent. Like so many of us can. I mean, it's, but, um, it's, it's just sort of like you know, the telltale. It's just sort of like the old, the story, the oldest time, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. the Hollywood myth, you know, and it's a, it's a bummer. And hopefully we've learned yeah. from that and moved forward, and you know, exactly. And, do, and I, we just I love to do better. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Like, I just love, like when I, we found that thing on like Debbie Reynolds, like talking about the seven year itch dress for the auction. And I love how she was like, I knew Marilyn and she wasn't just beautiful. She was, she was truly a, a wonderful, but misunderstood person, mm. you know, like misunderstood lady. Yeah. And I thought just, just like, and that's what I've heard. Like we've heard time and time again is that she was, she was, a, I think she was a very complicated person. Yeah. Um, and you see it, you feel it. I think that's what it is as much as, you know, it's like, Oh, she wasn't just a dumb blonde persona. She was somebody you really wanted, like, you, you kind of wanted to be friends with. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing, too, is to be able to be someone who is, like, a sex symbol that isn't just, like, oh, men love her and women are jealous of her. No, like, women loved her. Like, you know, like, women loved her, too. So I think that that's, that's very special when you can do both. Yeah. Jean Harlow very much the same way, too, you know? So, anyway. Anyway. It's so hard to like not talk about her because I, I feel so emotionally emotionally invested. Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> she's a she's a wonderful. She's a oh, she's an interesting character in her in her as in her own right. Like as you know, as yeah. In, in addition to being a person, you know, just like all of that is, you know, there's a lot to unpack, as it was saying. But yeah, know. but and I and I think the costumes in here were really well done in that they oh showed her. Like they, they also showed her age. Like one of the things I actually wrote down, love her nightgown. Remember her cute little nightgown that she's wearing when she comes oh down God, the stairs yes, yes. and it, she looks like a little, it's like a girl's nightgown, but it's short, you mm-hmm. know, like it's got this very chaste little collar and it is this angel white. 
and and she's got her little poofy shoes on and she looks so cute yes. and like again like i think even like the seven year itch dress it is i think it's fairly chaste looking like yes it's mm -hmm. a halter you kind of see her back but like I love how the sides uh, get all technical here. I love how the sides fit on her. There's no side boob. It actually gives her this beautiful like, like sometimes halters don't always give you the best profile, yeah. but like you can tell that they obviously you know like did a lot of like contouring work with like the falsies or whatever to make sure that her her bust looked perfect like her tits I mean, look perfect and everything you know? she looks amazing honestly yeah. one of the things that i wanted to talk about in the of the costumes was the tiger dress uh -huh. a little bit because it doesn't yes. i feel like there's i was watching it because i'd seen this movie before but watching it a few times for the in preparation for the podcast i noticed that the dress is kind of an ingenious design too mm -hmm. because it's got it's like the the it's fully covered. The breasts are fully covered, but yes. it's almost like he used black sheer over the top of it with a nude mm -hmm. sheer underneath it and then began the um, the actual like dress bodice part of it at the apex, which would be yes. nipple level. So it yeah. gives it's like it even like it's kind of gives the uh, illusion of like sheer over skin like it's very yes. like it's suggestive and i was just like yes. that's genius well it's a kind of thing they, they yeah oh sorry to, uh, no it's sorry. just genius to cut it to cut the bodice so low and then to add mm -hmm. like a nude illusion on the top of it i was just like that's brilliant i want to like incorporate yeah, with that pleated into, mesh because yes. trivia because you know pleat, 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 yes you know. and then of course it's all black sequin on uh tiger you know on tiger colored taffeta it's just like mm -hmm. i'm like I'm just like, well, the next thing I make will have to have that. And of course I'll probably make it for myself and wear it to work because you know, I'm afraid. <laughs> hey, no, I think it's great. Yeah. We got it. We got to wear these things somewhere. Yeah. But oh, I was thinking the same thing watching that, like, cause with our technical, we're like, I, I was thinking that too, is that whole, the nude illusion yes. uh, that he does. And it, it, of course it makes her bust line. It, it, it just emphasizes this hourglass look and it makes her decollete and bust line. Like it's, it, it, Again, he makes her beautiful. Like it's really uh, flattering, and what a great way to sort of play up or enhance and make your bust look even, you know, more beautiful. Well, it's, I by, think what's interesting is it makes it sexy without being without being um, crass. Vulgar, you know? Yeah, yeah vulgar. Exactly. It's not. It's like it's like it's just like it's like my boobs are my boobs are up and out, but they're not. Mm -hmm. They're not out, but, you know? And, and, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because that's something even in reading it through the notes about him, like, he was into that. He was he was really into, like, you know, how can we give the illusion of naked but not vulgar? Yes. And, like, he he that was very much a thing. And that must be an old school, again, like, he just, I think he, he just loved women. Well, it probably you know? came from his but days in burlesque too, if you think I about would think it. Because so too. Yes, if you, yeah. you know, there's when I'm sure we'll definitely talk about it when we finally get to Gentlemen for Blondes. But like the original, uh -huh. the original Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend outfit was nude, basically with That's fishnet, right. and yeah. so it's like it's covered, but it's nude, and it's not. You know, it's just that it's yeah. that play of like, what am I seeing? You know, that sort of thing, and like it's, and sometimes you're not even aware that you're looking at flesh, but it still gives mm -hmm. you're just like it like tells the brain you're looking at a, you know you're looking at an exposed breast you know in a way yep. that it's like still covered that so that it's not actually an exposed breast but I think that it was yeah. like I'm like dude that guy is like it's just those sort of details that like because otherwise they could have just like ex he could have continued it up he could to the sweetheart neck all the way yep. but to give it that extra sort of thing made it even more like 
Yeah, just, sexy. Oh, sexy. I'm like, girl, yeah. work it out. It, no, it's true. And I feel like she has a similar, they, they did a similar thing when she, with her dresses in Some Like It Hot, where it gives this illusion oh, yeah. of like, you know, like the way the strategic mm-hmm. beating is yeah. and everything. But well, that's Ori it's very Kelly flattering. Too, though, so it is that's slightly Ori Kelly, yeah. yeah. He did a but, really great but, job with the nude illusion on that, too. I mean, just like, yeah, work yeah. it out. Like, yeah, nude, nude illusion is pretty, is, is pretty amazing. Yes. I mean, that's a great way you can make anyone look anyone looks sexy yes like really if you do it right and but it's... what i do think is though is that i think because recently there has been a lot of nude illusion gowns especially on the red carpets and stuff oh and really i think that there's a little bit like not enough of the coverage on some of these well like i'm just like there's a lot <laughs> when of, done right <laughs> yeah there's a lot of it where it's like okay we're gonna use we're gonna just put her in a bodysuit and put like three rhinestones on her cooch and three rhinestones on each nipple and then we're gonna call it a day and i'm like that's yeah not that's, that's really not how it a works nude illusion so much it is just like a nude body that's laziness yeah yeah like, <laughs> like you could no. use a few more rhinestones well let's face it uh, not everybody can pull off a nude illusion like Beyonce does with like the flowers and yes. you know like like not like the bar has been set pretty high. So yeah. if you can't get it, if you can't get up there, don't try it. Like that's just yes, that's go I'm for a little saying. go for a black number. <laughs> you, is, know. you know, yeah. When in, uh, just like you know, a few more, just like a few more rhinestones. <laughs> it's just like somebody took a bodysuit and then just like threw some rhinestones over their shoulder to like see where they hit. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like leave something to the imagination. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. Well, but that and I think that's the thing is like so much of this. Even like you know, you were saying like gentlemen prefer blondes and all that. Like there's so much uh, sexiness. Mm-hmm. Like and it's so incredibly beautiful. But he's he's so good at highlighting and playing up, like playing up like you're enhancing what's what's already there it's like you got this you got that that's really great let's make it bigger yeah and you of know? course and, like uh, marilyn can uh, make oven mitts sexy like she just is, uh, is, she could yeah uh, she could make please like she just yeah i mean oh my god please well, someone re- um someone do a diamond zero girl's best friend wearing nothing but oven mitts <laughs> oh my god that would be great well you know it's so funny you mentioned that because i always because of that story like i always that's why i always would call you know the pink dress with the bow i call it the plan b dress because oh. That yeah. was that was like the oh god because you know like I guess we should save this for a gentleman for blondes yeah. episode whenever that's gonna happen. We can but, repeat you know, ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but but like he had designed this this amazing like you know sexy like literally the diamond costume for her and then but then her nude photo spread or, or calendar pictures had come out right. or all that had just come out so that was like a scandal so they had to immediately make her something they were like oh too sexy too sexy yes. make it less sexy but she still looked really fucking sexy I mean, <laughs> so i mean she looks but the girl can wear pink like nobody's business so can. i mean in this movie <laughs> I, and seven year yeah. really shows that because she oh my god the, that the pink baby number pink. and i think that's honestly the palette that he chose for her was white and pink and these sort of things yeah. to make her feel very innocent because the movie her character is very innocent and almost oblivious to it in the beginning of the movie she's yeah. very oblivious to the fact that Sherman's like kind of a lech and she's just like I think you're nice and it's like bitch she he was trying to like molest you on that piano bench like I, and you I think, think he's she nice was, I think she I think it's cognitive dissonance you know yeah. you know she's trying to she's trying to like kind of like rationalize and go well he's not as bad as the uh, I 
trust me, I understand where oh, her method right. is going. Maybe. Like, even when she falls off the piano, she's like, oh, what happened? Like, pretending like, oh, I must have had a lapse in memory. What? what could... It's like she's just, like, it's called di- dissociation. Well, she's like, survival. and she even <laughs> says, she's like, this happens to me all the time. It's almost yeah. like it's par for the course. And the fact that he yeah. hasn't grabbed her boob yet is like, oh, he's, this is just, you know, it's like he's, yeah. he's the he's the nicest of the worst. Like, you know, it's like. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the least scummy of the scumbags yeah. I've met. Yeah. She's like, every man's a scumbag and this guy's just less of a scumbag. Bag. so it makes yeah. him by comparison it makes him an angel you know so. yeah because she sees that wedding ring when he's trying like you know like he he straight up lies to her in the beginning like oh i'm just single guy single guy living here yep this child skate not creepy at all yeah. like, you know and and it, you know she's it doesn't take too long for her to see a wedding ring on your finger stupid yeah. so you know <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, yeah. Oh, the other thing I noticed in this movie after what, like, um, this is the first, this might be the earliest movie I've seen still with the Hayes code being active where you clearly see that Sherman and his wife have a double bed. Oh, yeah. Like there's not single beds mm-hmm. like there that that is straight up like a queen size bed that they're sleeping in yes. that Marilyn sleeps in. Yes. And by the way, he lets her sleep in her own I like I was like no. Mm-hmm. Like you can stay in my house but you are not sleeping in my bed and you are certainly not showering in my shower. Like, <laughs> like uh, I I just there was like there were, yeah, there were there were boundaries yeah. that were crossed yeah, for he me was personally. Yeah, like Baba boundaries. <laughs> Oh, and also Helen had some looks. Oh my God, I yes, Helen. love uh, the hayride thing where she and she can wear a pair of shorts like nobody's and business. Some gingham. She, uh, was, she had some gams. She was serving pure but, gingham realness. I loved it. But she's when she's with that hunky guy oh my God, and the hayride, Tufts? I died. Yes, queen. I, I, yeah, I was like, can we discuss him and his outfit at the end when he gets punched out? Oh my God, what is he wearing? <laughs> with that beautiful. Well, I think they talk <laughs> oh about how God. they talk about um, in before they're like, oh, you know, because she even mentions uh, Marilyn mentions she's like, you know, those guys at the parties and they walk in with their fancy vests on and stuff. He walks oh, in yeah. and has a fancy vest and like, yeah, it's of course textbook, bias yeah. cut like. St- you know, half half of the stripe, <laughs> which I was just like, and of course he's as big as a tank. Like, oh my which god! I'm just like, he, okay, hello. He looked good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I actually wrote, "What the fuck did he fuck is Tom Mac wearing?" And I, and I love him. He's so handsome. I can't. Res- I went. I was like rambling last time, like writing these. Like, <laughs> I'm. Uh, oh, it said. Oh, I wrote. I'm so handsome. He can't resist me. Look. Oh That's yes, what... <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and of course, me. I'm just watching this movie and be like, so Sunny Tufts. Do you want to? You, you want to get together and like practice our wrestling moves? <laughs> <I know. laughs> Step into my locker room. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh, I'm here to fix your plumbing. <laughs> I know. I was like, seriously, <laughs> yeah. can we discuss him? Because uh, that guy, I believe, if you looked up "hunk," "hunk" in the dictionary, know, right? it would be, he'd be in there somewhere. Totally. Oh my, oh my God, God, that chin alone yeah. it was ridiculous. And I just love that his name is Sunny Tufts. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my God. Um, yeah. That's so funny. I actually wanted to see where he is. He's not famous for much. He was in that movie, and pretty much that's it. Like, he did a bunch of other, he's, you know. Where he's, like, the stereotypical hot guy? Yeah. Because I don't really know, like, where, <laughs> you know, like, he's so, he's so. Yeah, um, not much. Extraordinary Yeah, he's looking, just a big know? dude. Yeah, so not much. He's not, you know, he didn't do much after or before that as far as, like, being, like, you know, famous for much. But, you know. Yeah. He's known for being big and tall. <laughs> and God bless him. 
I know. <laughs> I think. Um, oh, and the other thing I was gonna say. Uh, I not to not to kid hate, but I really did not like. Like Ricky was so annoying. Oh, cool. he, he was so good at being annoying, and I love how it's like, like, t- like to me, it's like ah, quintessential little white man baby boomer. Because <laughs> like, like in the first part where he's like, oh, don't worry about dad. He'll be back home here, and he's like, and he's like, you'll be fine. B- but how will I get my allowance? <laughs> and I'm like. Thank you, Trump. Thank you. Yes, because that's all that matters. An entitled you know, white I, child. I know. Like, it just, I, I was like, oh. Oh, God bless his heart. <laughs> and today we clean up your mess, sir. Yes. So. Well, clearly, too, is I think his uh, his vocals had to have been dubbed because he had that, yeah. like, shrill 1950s kid talk where I was like, oh, God, make it stop. Oh, my God. I just, like, yeah. But he was, I mean, it, it was good because he was exactly what he was supposed to be, like, a, a little annoying kind of spoiled kid and he, he did good yeah. uh, I'm trying to think oh oh and then uh, so when I was watching it I, I don't know did you um, did you notice any of the when he's at work because you know how he's an editor for these like pulp oh, novels yes, yes, or like yeah. turning things yeah. which was hilarious like the parts because his boss is just a huge scumbag too oh, but yeah, like totally. um i i was trying to like read um i couldn't a lot of the like they had you know how they had like um like the cover art but it was like hanging up on the wall mm-hmm. in the background yeah. i was trying to read it and a lot of it was blurred but one of them i did read it was a book that said called somebody stole my ghoul <laughs> <laughs> Like, they had some weird shit up there. I was, like, trying to read it and, like, write it down. Well, I I love that it was, like, they basically just took um, traditional novels that were probably, like, in public domain and just retitled them and put, like, sexy ladies on the cover. Like, Little Women, they said it was, like, reformed schoolgirls or something. I know. (laughs) And he's drawing all these, like, low-cut necklines Yeah, he's like, change that, change that, change that. And, oh, my God. No, there were some, like, legit, like, really good lines and, like, just really, like, dry wit humor. Like, I keep going back to that hayride scene where, because he's trying to kiss her. She's like, people could be looking. He's like, no, no. He's like, look, there. He's like, even the horses have blinkers on or something like that. And I was just like, what the? This is some funny shit, you know? It was so good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um. But yeah, you know, when you were talking about her wardrobe, like being like white and pink mm-hmm. and that kind yeah. of like innocent palette, you know what it actually, I, I really kind of kept thinking of was when we, when we saw the glass bottom boat and Doris Day's um, wardrobe, yeah. because they did this very similar thing. Like everything was all white with some pink. And then they, it was that whole, like, she was kind of innocent, sort of like, didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. And really, really playing up that kind of, of course with her, I think was also trying to make her look young, you know, because she yeah. was. Yeah. And I was reading. But, I read that Trevia had put her in the specific for the white subway dress is that he wanted to juxtapose her against the grittiness of New York City. So he wanted her yeah. to seem clean and innocent, which makes sense. The whole palette is feels. It does. Very, she looks like a fresh flower, yeah. like in the hot, gritty city, which is going to be but taken advantage was, of by everybody. You know, just sort of yeah, like, kind exactly. of like layers that on, gives it adds another yeah. layer to that. But I, I, I don't know. I kind of I couldn't help thinking about the parallels between that and that movie because I was like, yeah. And even in the glass bottom boat, there's that weird dream sequence where she comes in and it's like in Mata Hari and she's this, you know, this like uh, temptress, yeah. you know, and I'm like, and it's like it's weird. I'm like similar wardrobe, temp, like temptress, like fantasy. Like It was I don't know. It was this interesting story, like parallel storylines that I don't know. It kind of made me think of that, you know, but but to me, it's like I, there's something about the costuming of like like 
like blonde white ladies in white because there's no no think about it because like it can go to one of two you know because like classically we look at it as like oh it, it, she could either be like it's it's something about being youthful like just contrasting or being like this innocence when everything's so gritty or you know like this youth and sort of innocent like there's like the angel quality to it or there's like the psycho quality yeah. to it where you can be like, like I think of like Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct, you know. <laughs> but there's there's other examples too of just that, you know. But like sort of the the rich bitch all in white, right. and you know with blonde hair who's like a little off, right. you know. So I think it's it's interesting how like the costuming can go. I don't know. I'm I'm fascinated with that whole like the white wardrobe palette, you know. Because really think about it, an everyday like that is not a practical everyday no. working woman's color selection. No. It just isn't, you know. Yeah. And um, in fact, I, watching this movie in HD, I for the first time really noticed how um, in a lot of there's in a lot of the scenes where they've obviously done very, very long or like one takes like for for some of these scenes, you can see the body makeup that is rubbed off onto her dresses, oh. onto her white dresses, wow. like in like under her arms and around like especially especially the dress with the crisscrossing, like when she comes in with the champagne, mm. like toward the end of that scene, I, I can see like body makeup has rubbed off oh, on wow. it, even the seven year itch dress. Yeah. Look cl- I mean, again, these are things I noticed, but I just thought it gave it more realness mm. to that of like, cause I know I've read, I remember reading stories or seeing interviews with like, you know, Ann Miller and people like that and talking about how they would spend hours getting body makeup applied to them. Like that was a whole, yeah. like, like somebody's full-time job was body makeup artist yeah. and he was usually a girl and you would come in and you would literally, you, you know, as the actress, you'd be naked and they, they, they do all, you know, do your whole body. Wow. And yeah. And it was a whole thing because, you know, and, and then, and then you had face makeup and then you had hair and then you had costumes. And it's like, you know, like I think it was Ann Miller was like, by the time you got dressed and ready for cameras, you were exhausted <laughs> because you just went through like all three hours of prep oh to look like normal, you know? So um, and I think that's what it's like. We look at this, like, m- just remember the amount of work that it took to make Marilyn, Marilyn, yep. the work, the full time, like it, it took a village yes, to make this yes, iconic did. look, yeah. you know? I mean, it was, it took a team of so, people to make people look good. I mean, it's just, yeah. it still does, you know? Yep. My exactly. Uh, Major props to everyone involved totes. is what I'm saying. Totally. <laughs> and thank you. Yes. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we could talk about this movie for hours. I know it's Ugh. well. We could talk about it's Mar- got a lot. Yeah, we could talk about Marilyn you know? for hours too. So we'll have to well, do another Marilyn movie at some point. We, we do, we and will. I know we, we've been saving. We've yeah. been we've been sort of hoarding our because we love her so much and we love her films and we as we've mentioned like Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and and How to Marry a Millionaire are just I mean, are I mean they are they are a double feature of amazing I mean, and and hugely influential for both of us. So we've been sa- like there are movies that we have to save yeah. because they mean so much to us and we're just like not ready we'll get to it but we, we'll get to it we felt this was the right time to do seven year itch there's so many great talking points and then we get to talk about debbie reynolds and how what a <sighs> wonderful savior she is <laughs> um she really is our lord and savior yeah. for 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 saving all of these costumes at a time when people were literally throwing them in the trash yeah. and i hope that and she so, gets her due though because uh, i know that there's a lot I there's a too. lot happening with like hollywood costumes and like putting them preserving mm-hmm. them and putting them on display and i hope that I know she didn't get the, the the due and the sort of recognition that she deserved when she was alive, and I just hope that no, we she didn't. make that up to her. You know, I really yeah. do. I, you no, know. she was the Indiana Jones of, of film <laughs> costumes. She was like, this belongs yes. in a museum. And I know that, <laughs> like, and I know and really that I've, I've it, heard you know? <laughs> some like, I've heard people kind of, they say that she's a problematic figure because she did some shady shit to, in order to get what she had, but guess what? It's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, 
you know, oh, say a lot. You mean um, having a man mismanage her finances for years and years <laughs> and get screwed a year over and over and over? Well, again? I've heard stories. Like other I've people? heard stories where they had like, you know, they've had uh, they had auctions planned, and she would go to the head yeah. of the studio the day before and like get, you know, those sort of things. And I'm just like, you know. What are you gonna do? You know, that's what. Oh uh, no, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Like, so, so so what? She gets her hands yeah, on it. Like <laughs> I don't care. All's fair in love and war. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if you have enough money to buy that stuff and you're quibbling about that, then you know, that's your war. Yeah. That's your battle to fight, not mine. <laughs> and honestly, she her heart was always in the right I think place. It was, she, yeah. she wanted to make sure that these things didn't fall into the hands of people who either wanted to exploit them mm-hmm. or or let them. Like she wanted people to see these. She always wanted to get her museum up and running. It's such a like she, she never did. it was really she really wanted to make sure that people's stories were told not just the people who wore the costumes but people who made yeah. them you know she's always always was very vocal about that so yeah, i think she was yeah know. she was always a champion of the artisans and stuff and i think she was uh, a champion always, of the entire always. process of movie making and i think that the whole process you know. yeah about like you know this is art like then we we it was so we made this at a time people just threw it away it was like disposable we didn't think it was anything special but she's but her and other people are like i knew yeah. i knew what we were doing was special and we needed to do something about it and i i yeah she's great mm. i well on that i note, miss her on that uh, note, yes we should just i think feel like we should probably wrap this up because yes you know, wrap it otherwise up otherwise we could be here for the weekend and this could be a 48 hour long episode i know i know well and y'all have to well, get to work i know right exactly um so uh I want to thank everybody who's been keeping in touch over on social media. It's been fun. I'm actually, I've, yes. it's, it's fun interacting with you guys and hearing all your feedback. So keep, um, keep stay in touch. Uh, Instagram, yes, old Hollywood realness, uh, Twitter, OHR podcast, um, uh, Facebook, old Hollywood realness. You can email us old Hollywood realness at gmail.com. Check out the website. We'll have, um, the Pinterest board on the page for the, um, it's um, connected on the page for the episode. So if you want to see um, if there's a good, you know, collection of photographs of the costumes. Yes. Um, you can always give us a review over on iTunes. Hit us up. Put a five star and give us a review. Just l- just it. like Hedge Dama did. <laughs> so Hedge Dama says, I listen to other classic film podcasts, and I don't think the other ones discuss the wardrobe or give pop culture interpretations on the plots, storylines, BTS drama, or reveal secret daddy crushes on a certain TCM host. For okay. a good, for a good fun time, listen to OHR. Um, thank you, Hedge Dama, and um, Man Mangoet still hasn't called me, so just putting that yeah. out there, you know, secreting that into the universe. I, I think it's funny that you have a crush on Ben Mankiewicz because I have, I've, I kind of have a crush on Josh Mankiewicz, his brother, who does all the true crime stuff. So those Manx brothers. Woo! Uh, anywho. <laughs> Breezing. Well, and also too, like it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that like every time we hear stories about them, they're always like really cool and super nice. Of course, and like yeah. I've I've heard them on other podcasts, and they're just always like really cool to like even little guys like us. So you're just like, oh. And anyone who loves so old cute. Hollywood and old movie that sort of stuff, I'm I just know, like, right? Makes them makes them even better. It exactly. So stay in touch, guys. Um, I love hearing all the feedback so um, and then we got to give yes. our props to Hal Lublin for giving us his vocal talents at the top of the podcast. 
Um, and stay tuned next week because we're starting our summer series, um, which are true oh summer gosh. series. So more to come. So Very exciting. Sexy summer so series. Sexy. It's all happening. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for the sexy summer series. <laughs> so many S's. <laughs> um, and in the meantime, thanks for listening to OHR. Bye.